hello and welcome to the Urban Gardener podcast where we're going to help you tune up your gardening knowledge for and give you some, some tips and, and tricks for gardening in the city. So this is our first cod podcast without my my famous partner in crime, Joshua Campbell. Um, Josh has um, left the county extension level and moved on to the state level of extension, and we're really excited for him. And he, he's working with beginning farmers and ranchers all over the state, while me and my new partners in crime are stuck here in the city. <laughs> and I don't mean to say stuck in the city. City We love being in our urban garden situation. And um, it's actually, I think we'll start our podcast out with talking about urban gardening in just a second. But first, let me introduce my um, co-host on the show today. So first is my dear friend, Lily. Hi, I'm Lily LeClaire. I'm program assistant here at the Extension Center. And Andrew. Hi, everyone. I am Andrew Fleet. I am also a program assistant here at the Extension Center. So we're going to try this without Josh, and it's going to be fun. It's just going to be a little bit different. So um, what I wanted to kind of start out was that whole thing about, um, you know, Josh uh, moving on to helping farmers across the great state of Oklahoma. And we are an agricultural state, and I'm really proud to call Oklahoma my home. Um, but within... Oklahoma, besides all of those people out there, those wonderful um, people working in agriculture, growing wheat and cotton and cows and um, all, all, the, all the other wonderful things that are commodity-type um, crops for our state. And I inside of the city, in areas like Tulsa or even some of the other smaller cities like Stillwater or, of course, our home city of Oklahoma City in Oklahoma County, we deal with a whole different series of agricultural issues and problems. Um, I'm, I do a talk sometimes um, called um, the urban un Unlawning the Urban Lawn. Um, and really what it's talking about, I think we'll start with this because we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about pruning. Uh, it's time to prune in your landscape. But that Americans, as we came across the West and we settled the, the West, and we did, um, we began to build these cities that we lived in the cities actually very normally very close to each other. Think of New York City or Chicago. And then as we began to expand out, because this is a great, big, beautiful country and there was land um, that we, we settled into communities outside the inner city, but then into suburbs as well. So today a modern city, usually a large city, especially in the coastal region, would look like that. It would look very, very populated, then less populated as you moved out into neighborhoods and then farther out into suburbs. And in the case of Oklahoma, you can easily live in a rural suburb, which is kind of neat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that a lot of people don't have, but we have that in Oklahoma. You can uh, drive, uh, you know, 20 minutes from a downtown job and be on a half acre of lawn or two acres of lawn, or you may drive even a little, just a little bit further than that from downtown and be on a large acreage. And have your have cattle or whatever have your own homestead or or production ag tr true agriculture production, but for the majority of us that kind of live within the urban setting, um, what we're normally dealing with in our world of agriculture is a front lawn, a back lawn, some trees and some shrubs, some flowers, maybe some vegetables and herbs. What did I forget, you guys? Trees, shrubs, herbs, <laughs> fruits, vegetables. As far as garden, I think that's yeah. covered. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't going to include herbs. You know, um, they're not um, – I, I love to grow herbs. They're just fun. <laughs> they're fun to cook. They're fun yeah. to smell. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Um, uh, a lot of people grow vegetables. It's surprising how many people will um, have at least a tomato plant or two. 
A lot of people grow a lot of vegetables in the urban environment, but there's not many urbanites who don't have a front yard and a backyard. Mm-hmm. Unless you live in an apartment or a condo, um, a front yard, a backyard, which includes grass, trees, mm-hmm. and shrubs, and, and maybe some annual and perennial flowers. Mm-hmm. And so the real movement in modern urban agriculture is towards this um, more use of naturalized um, native plants that are su- supporting birds, supporting pollinators, supporting the insects in the world that we live with. I personally love this because I, I think through the course of my life, I've always had um, a bit of a love affair with nature. And I think you guys know what I mean, and oh. everybody listening would probably have the same thing. There's a love affair of nature. And urbanites, a lot of times, we get a bad rap or we perhaps deserve a bad rap because we're more focused on aesthetics and we're not aesthetic we're not really thinking oh this is a habitat for other mm-hmm. creatures mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it, you meet those people that a bug is a bug is a bug is a bug it's a bug you know <laughs> kill it because yeah. it's a bug a weed is a weed is and a weed is a weed is a weed so there is that kind of movement towards that i think in upcoming podcasts this year we'll address some of that maybe even bring in some guest speakers that are specialists in that that talk um i guess with us who who uh, w- would want to talk about um, increasing your po- your population of native plants in the l- urban landscape. But today, what I want to talk to you because we're in the dead of winter here, and today is not a, a a very wintry day. But if you talked to us a week ago, a week and a half ago, we were freezing, below freezing. But it's coming up for us. It's um, the last day of January and coming into the first uh, of February, and this is the month for Valentine's Day, which means this is the month for Pruning. <laughs> if you ever listen to the podcast or if you ever hear me talk, I'm in, I'm, I always use the holidays to tell you what to do. <laughs> so, like, for instance, or the holidays are monumental days. So, um, in the spring, you'll hear me say, well, it's tax day. What does that mean? Time to plant air annuals because we get our last freeze. <laughs> but in the month of Valentine's Day or I also sometimes say Super Bowl time. <laughs> and think about it it works for central oklahoma now it wouldn't work if you were in you know wisconsin but it works right. for us in the central in this region of the united states so right about this time it's going to be the perfect time of the year for us to prune our trees and shrubs in our landscape and and the thing about it is um you don't have to here let me start with trees so that this is a question as a horticulturist that i get a lot is um what do I do about that massive tree in my landscape? I've never pruned it. Well, if it doesn't tell you it needs pruned, don't prune it. If there's not limbs falling after an ice storm, and we've been blessed, I'm going to knock on some wood here. Mm-hmm. If if we haven't had one of our traditional um, Oklahoma winter ice storms, and, and we have not had one yet this year, but we have them almost every year, mm-hmm. where we get all that limb breakage and cracked woods falling and uh, a, a wood falling in our lawn and everything, and then you have to go back and make repair cuts. That's one thing. If you have um, limbs that are preventing you from mowing under them, you might want to head that those up, head them up, meaning mm-hmm. to just cut the lower limbs off the off of a, a major tree, mm-hmm. so you can uh, mow under it. Um, maybe you're getting um, too much shade and you want to la- allow some more light in to grow some Bermuda grass and not have to switch over to fescue. Um, perhaps, like I said, it's blocking your view. When you come out of the driveway, which can become dangerous for you. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that happened to me recently is I had a, a, a branch of a pine tree. Um, it just so happened that it was rubbing against the back of one of my sheds. Uh, it's not a shed. It's a, 
um, shop, the back of the shop, and I didn't catch it because it's you don't see it when you look, but it was beginning to wear the wood, mm-hmm. so that limb needed to come off immediately. But other than that, those major big giant trees in your home, uh, in your landscape, and hopefully you know this if you've if you've had a, a, a landscape in a, for a while, that they can just kind of be left alone. Mm-hmm. Like think about a pecan that doesn't have any damage on it or a pine tree that doesn't have any damage. Thank goodness, because imagine if you had to do major pruning on those every right. year. It would be hard. So so when we go into the spring as a homeowner with the landscape and thinking about, well, what do I need to do? Lily brought this up earlier. Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's say let's let's first get out our equipment mm-hmm. and see if anything needs – it should have gone to bed. Mm-hmm clean but maybe <laughs> we forgot to do that <laughs> um so cleaning up and sharpening your tools um making sure that you have the tools that you need if you're going to do any pruning if, if you're new like i just met a young lady today that she was so excited because um her and her husband had um we're just completing a remodel on the home that they live in or it was you know like their their dream home or whatever and um they were putting in a new uh, front yard but um she had some questions on her landscape but um more than likely you if you're not new to your home you know who you've got to go out and talk to in february is that is that uh, barbary shrub that's at the front door that gets too big and it'll scratch you when you walk in Mm -hmm. it's the in my landscape it's the beauty berries that i like get really big in the summer i've got to take those all the way back to about 14 inches or they're going to get even they'll Mm -hmm. turn into the size of a small volkswagen Mm -hmm. so i have to cut them all the way back perhaps your um vitex you know, you guys right, know Vitex. Right, yeah. yeah, Vitex can be pruned almost to the ground to shape, you know, to get it to grow smaller. So you want to get to know if you don't already know the the shrubs that you're going to have to visit every spring, and then um, put those on your plan for sometime around Valentine's Day. Get your tools out. Make sure everything's sharp and clean. Um, let's talk a little bit more about tools real quick, Lily. So we said hand pruners. Everybody mm-hmm. needs a good pair of hand pruners. There's a real uh, what's the word? Well, uh, controversy. Well, no. horticultures. There's some horticultures who love anvils. You know where mm. the blade yes. meets the anvil, and then there's other horticultures who like bypass. So I'm just going to tell you what the majority of the stuff you read will say is that as long as they're both sharp, they're both good. The the the, the question about the anvils is that you're kind of crushing the stem, and with a bypass that looks like scissors, right? that you're getting a cleaner cl- cut. But I'm telling you, if, you're, if your bypass si- uh, pruners are not clean and sharp, you can tear the tissue up just as bad as a bad pair of anvils. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're working on tissue that, and you have a sharp pair of anvils, and you're working on small tissue, you, you can get a nice clean cut with that too. So mm-hmm. it's almost a matter, I have a pair of each. I prune my roses with anvils, and I don't know why. It, it's almost in my head, but I prune almost everything else with bypass. So um, my loppers are definitely bypass. I try to keep those really uh, sharp and, and uh, because they're, I'm going to use them on bigger wood. So we're back mm-hmm. to using smaller than your little finger wood we're going to do with our hand printers. Bigger than the little finger, and of course um, me and Andrews would be different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, a, a pencil, some people will say a pencil. Yeah, it, it depends. Don't go to make a cut with your hand printers that you should be using your anvils because you'll tear the tissue. So then you get your anvils out. Lily, what's so great about anvils? Do you know when I'm looking at you because 
because they're, I'm a woman and they're easily handled. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> well, if you're okay, if you're not that, I'm not saying that you're not strong. You're oh, a very strong what, woman. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> well, I'm not you strong. get with those ha- long <laughs> handles. You yeah. get is it torque? Am I using the right word? It, it right. gives you that. Oh, you can make yeah. a cut of something much bigger than your little finger or Andrew's little finger. <laughs> you can cut a lot big piece of wood because you have those long handles. Um, that momentum. I am absolutely forgetting the More word. More leverage? Leverage. <laughs> yeah. Leverage, right? right? So you're getting more leverage because of those handles. I, I always make the joke that um, I do qu- I have to do quite a bit of pruning because I have a, a lot of, I collect plants. I have a lot of shrubs that need pruned in, mm-hmm. in the spring every year. And that I would, um, I hated to put my pruning tools down and go in the house and get my husband, who's probably watching, uh, maybe, who knows, it's not football season, but <laughs> whatever he's doing, I don't want to go bother him and say, I can't make this cut. Will you come make this cut? And and so I have gotten to where I can use the small saw, you know, um, or I can make the cut easily with my hand pruners. But I'm telling you, my um, anvils are my best friend because I can take that size of wood out that I would never be able to get with my hands. I'm just yeah. not strong enough. Yeah. And, uh, again, I'm not trying to put me or us down as females, but it gives you an advantage. Yeah. And it gives a man an advantage, too, because it's a pretty you can use mm-hmm. it on a pretty good size mm-hmm. um, uh, piece of, of, s- of stem or trunk. So um, the basic things that are going to need to be pruned then are those shrubs that you're trying to control size of um, and shape. Um, mm-hmm. You may have hedges. If you do have hedges, I highly recommend hedge pruners. Um, I have a pair of battery-operated ones, but they have electrical ones that are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why I ended up with battery ones. Maybe because I have stuff I have to go all over, and it's not. I don't want to ha- be attached to electrical, but mm-hmm. um, uh, they th- they can trim your hedge so quickly. Mm-hmm. If you're using hand hedging shears, mm-hmm. it takes a long time. Right. Even with the long handled ones, it it really takes a long time. I feel um, it also gives you a better look. Oh, it looks uh, clean. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, not only that. I mean, like when you're trying to shape it. Yes. You can have a better idea versus yeah. when you go slower because then I take off too much on one side or whatever. Yeah, but like an uneven haircut. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you a point about hedges right here that you might not know too is that when we shear hedges, um, you shear them skinnier at the bottom and wider at the top. People want to shear them fatter at the top and skinnier at the bottom. Right, right. Yeah. We have a really good fact sheet that I was going to mention, and, and we'll have Andrew put it in the – um, notes. It's called Printing Ornamental Trees and Shrubs Fact Sheet, Oklahoma State University Fact Sheet uh, 6409. Um, so this tells you when you're when you're shearing when you're uh, pruning hedges, if you prune the hedges, uh, I just said that backwards. We'll have to edit here. <laughs> <laughs> when you prune hedges, you want them to be fatter at the bottom and skinnier at the top. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. Set it, uh, yeah. So w- the reason is is that there's not a light, a lot of light getting down to that bottom. So if you made them completely square, mm-hmm. they grow bigger at the top and it looks unshaped. If you make them skinnier at the top, fatter at the bottom, they fill in and make a square. Ugh. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's a, it's, it's, you have to think about it for a minute, but it's what's happening is the light is up at the top and it gives it more photosynthesis so they fill in better at the top. Yeah. It's better to make it that way 
Um, so um, pruning your hedges, cutting back anything that's needs to be shaped. Um, if you are one of those people that has poodle shrubs or sculpted shrubs, um, you have to shape those every year. Um, and then you may be going in to do um, some shaping on small trees. All of that can be done right right now. Uh, remembering that last summer you couldn't see around that corner and you want to go, even though you can prune almost any time of the year, this is when you want to do most of your pruning. And Oh, go ahead, Lil. Sorry, I was just going to interject here that I have a funny s quick story on that, that I had one that was scraping against my bedroom window. Right. And it didn't bother me until around Halloween. And then I was like, that's it. It's out of season, <laughs> but I'm going to cut it. Yeah, yeah. If something like if a limb is um, what, you know, what they call Widowmaker or something's dropping, it's going to mm. fall on someone's head. You can't see around the corner. That's dangerous if there's a kid coming on a bike or you might hit a car or whatever. That kind of printing, but just save your real heavy-duty printing for Valentine's Month. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's a few things we don't want to prune. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the main things is anything that's going to bloom in the spring. So azaleas, um, forsythia, getting ready to bloom right now. Winter jasmine, getting ready to bloom right now. Might be blooming. Um, did I say wisteria? Uh, lilacs? Okay. Yeah. I, you just, so you want to be careful not to take away the buds. If you prune in the winter things that set their buds Last summer, mm -hmm. you you'll cut all the blooms off. Mm. Um, we also prune fruit trees, even though they bud. You know, they their buds are set for because remember they'll open right away. But we're pruning pruning them to shape. I really don't have time to get into pruning fruit trees today because it's a whole thing of its own. Right. But we have a fabulous fact sheet on it too that maybe we can link in. It's called pruning uh, pruning fr fruit trees in the home garden, I believe. Um, but we'll try to link that one too. That um that one goes into how to prune apples versus versus peaches versus pears versus plums and it gives you a really good diagrams on how to do it and stuff. But if you're new to fruit trees, please pick up that fact sheet and read how to prune those because it's a little bit different. But let's say that I'm walking up to a um, a young um uh, fairly new planted last two or three years but established shrub and I and I look at it and I'm like, do I need to prune it or don't I? They're all going to be a little bit different, but some of them really, really benefit from a pruning, like what we mentioned earlier. Uh, like you'll get a, a new set of fresh wood, wh which makes them bloom better. And a really good example of that, I think, is uh, probably, we said beautyberry. It, it can turn huge if you don't take it back. And you can literally take it back to about 14 inches. Really? Okay. I know people don't know that. Your spireas, the ever-blooming spireas, not the spring-blooming spireas. Why not? Why not the spring blooming spireas? You'll oh, cut the buds off. Yeah, yeah. cut the buds off. You inhibit the growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you won't see the flowers. Yeah. yeah, but you know how some of the spires, like bridal wreath, and mm -hmm. those they bloom in the spring, but the summer ones, like shirabana and all those really pretty spireas, mm -hmm. you can take them all the way back too. Um, we mentioned um, vitex earlier, mm -hmm. um, and then things like barberry. I love barberries, but they just can get out of control. What about big mature uh, or maturing uh, junipers? You really don't need to do anything to them unless you're going to shape them a little. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you had some winter damage from past storms mm -hmm. and you want to um, take that deadwood out. Mm -hmm. and, and let me mention that one too. I should have probably mentioned it a little bit earlier. Deadwood needs to go. But sometimes you can't tell, tell what's dead this time of the year. Mm -hmm. On evergreens you can. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So what we say is when you walk up to that tree or shrub, if it doesn't need shaped, if it needs shaped, shape it. And then look for any dead, diseased, dying, or the fourth E is, does anybody know? Deranged. (laughs) (laughs) So anything that looks dead or diseased, you want to get out. And then deranged would be stuff that limbs that are growing back into the main trunk or limbs that are crossing Mm -hmm. and um, be rubbing on each other. Then you can eliminate taking one of those out would help so um this fact sheet that we have is really good and it's it's all written at a fifth grade level to be honest it's not it's um not complicated i'm not trying to oversimplify it but it would be like if you went if you wanted to go in and talk to someone in a local garden center about pruning or come in here and talk to one of the master gardeners really everything's in the fact sheet so you can take take some time to read that I know I've had to cut back because of my neighbors. That's a majority of the time that I have to cut back because of going into the neighbors. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. And you cut it from your side, but it doesn't, so it's not into their fence or whatever. Correct. I kind of, I just more thin it out. Yeah. Yep. And a thinning comb would be remove some of the branches, thinning Mm -hmm. cuts. Yeah. Heading heading cuts are the ones where you take lower branches off. That's called heading up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Thinning is where you remove the whole branch of the face and it thins the branches out. Yeah. 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 There's still some that goes over, though, so I don't know. I'm, I would tell you guys, yeah, is, do they complain? Mm, that they've cut it off themselves and yeah. then threw over the branches to <laughs> <us>. <laughs> <laughs> Here you get rid of it. <laughs> That's I funny. I hope they're listening, yeah. Lily. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what happens w- with me that people, when people come in here, because, you know, that's what we do is answer gardening questions. And their they're first thing is they're afa- afraid to prune. Right, Especially right, a right, new right. homeowner. And, I, and I've thought about this a lot because I've taught horticulture my whole life. Is I've thought about it a lot. And the reason that it's scary and even identifying it in myself is it's permanent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cut yeah. off a limb, you can't glue it back on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you want to. You could graft it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That you want to, you know, you want to take a real serious thought before you just. Right. Yeah, yeah. Instead of hacking on something, don't do it after you've had a bad day because you might hack on it too much. <laughs> I I do have to ask: Does uh-huh. it hurt your horticulture heart whenever you see pruning that's been done that is just absolutely they've they Frankenstein'd it, yeah. where they they've chopped it at weird angles yeah. or not at the node? Well, and also the big one is probably dehorning. You know, where they where and, and most of the time it's tree companies that don't know what they're doing, but. Um, I've got, I think, I, in my own opinion, is that a homeowner shouldn't feel bad if they make some bad cuts. They're probably not going to cut a tree too bad. What really kills me is when those professionals come in, right? And then they, oh, we'll fix it, and then they cut the major limbs off like horns. And then what happens is the tree, it doesn't kill the tree immediately because it comes back. It breaks all those adventitious buds, and those come back. But they're all competing with each other, and they're all weak. Next ice storm, everything breaks again, and it looks terrible. Another thing I would consider also if you're using a tree company is um, the timing because they have to do stuff on their schedule oh and it may yeah. be not the right timing for prune. Right, right. Everyone wants the, the tree care, tree guy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of tree guys out there too that are fabulous, but then there's mm-hmm. some, I guess I could mention certified arborists here. Mm-hmm. So the only certification for arborists that we know of is, uh, I mean, like there's nof- nothing locally like the Oklahoma State Certified ner- ner- uh, Arborist or anything. It's an international certification called the Interna- International Society of Arborists, or ISA. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of easy to remember as long as you can remember it's international. Mm. 
Well, the International Society of Arborists, um, they have a certification program. It's it's it must not it must be pretty vigorous, but a lot of people are certified in it. Mm-hmm. And in order to be an ISA certified arborist, and they put the, they'll they'll show you on their card. They have it. It's on their website. Ask them if they're ISA. Um, I'm not saying that if if you're not uh, if you hire someone that's not ISA that they're going to be horrible, but if they are ISA, they're trained and certified and insurance and bonded. So, oh, yeah, okay, okay. you can't be an ISA certified arborist if you don't prove that you're bonded. And of course, it's illegal for people to be doing that with insur- without insurance anyway. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So you want always want to ask and make sure they have insurance and and um, an ISA. Uh, arborist may charge you a little bit more. I don't know because I never use. I hate to say it. I I have one one person that I've used forever, so I I don't go shopping for it. Mm-hmm. But um, if I can't do it, I hire him to do it. But um, you you would you would know you had a certified person if you went with ISA. So when people call here and they want to know about hiring an arborist, we explain to them about ISA certification. Okay. Yep. I and think most people would be willing to pay a little more knowing that next season their tree is going to oh, be around. Yeah, I don't. I would tell you guys, speaking of my horticulture heart there, I would tell you guys, Andrew, and this happened to me in the fall. It was it was right out, right around uh, Thanksgiving, and I had this uh, person on the phone. I, I um, ended up kind of getting to know her a little bit <laughs> because I had it, I helped her, but she was crying about her trees. And, I, I, I mean, I had her on the phone, and she was – it was a normal person like me and you, but she was so emotionally caught up in the fact she was going to lose all these trees. And it, it just made me feel like we all feel that way about our own little urban mm-hmm. space. Um, you may not feel that way if you're renting a home, you're a young adult, and you haven't got a whole lot vested, you know. Um, but when you put some root down, some roots down in a home mm-hmm. um, and you live there for a period of time, and maybe you're a brand-new homeowner and you're just getting into this or – You've lived somewhere 20 years. Those trees feel like your best friends. And so there is a connection, and there is a, that is our agriculture. That mm-hmm. urban plot is our green space and where we get that. And that's why our podcast is so important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did want to mention one other thing, you guys. I don't, I don't know how we're doing on time, but um, roses. So this is a big one, and we have a whole fact mm-hmm. sheet on rose care. Um we can also, I think, put in the in the subject line for you, but um, in the notes, I'm sorry, is um, pruning roses is not very difficult. What a lot of people will do, because you prune them, you can prune them pretty hard. Shrub, with shrub roses, which is a whole category of roses, like think of knockout, they're kind of a shrub. Shrub, oh, okay, shrub, yeah. shrub rose, yeah. Mm-hmm. You really, you're just shaping them. But if you're trying to grow one of the other roses, like a hybrid tea or something, um, with those, we're going to um, need a little bit more intense pruning if you want to get some really good blooms. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't prune them, you're not going to kill them, but they're not going to bloom for you very hard. But if you prune them correctly, then you get some really good blooms, and they sh- and the shape turns out really nice. Mm-hmm. But what they say on roses is to, and this is an Oklahoma County thing is, um, you know, to hold off until around the 1st to the 10th, maybe the 15th of March. Mm. And that is hard to do. And also, sometimes they'll be breaking bud before you prune. Mm. You know, it just depends on the weather. The reason is, can you guys guess why we wouldn't want to prune too early on them? 
take temperature? Well, let's say that you pruned right now on your roses, and mm-hmm. it's for, remember, you guys, it's for us. It's the first. It's going to be the first of February. What happens is those buds break, and mm-hmm. then we get super low temperatures in late February, mm-hmm. and that tissue all gets frozen back. Oh, yeah, and that's really hard on them. In fact, it can kill them if they there are certain types of roses that are semi hardy, and they get that kind of damage in late winter. Mm-hmm. So the things we want we don't want to prune right now include. Things that are going to bloom in the spring because we'll take the buds off. Um, think about that before you prune. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hold off on the roses until late March. And um, don't worry about your big trees if you don't have any damage on them. Just be glad you don't have to prune them. Mm-hmm. Shape the shrubs and the and the hedges that you're growing. You may want to cut some of your shrubs that you um, are really getting out of size. Do your homework. Call us if you're not sure. You might be able to cut those mm-hmm. way back. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Um, what about the wood? <laughs> in Oklahoma City, that wood can be recycled, correct? Yes. Can you tell me about that, Andrew? Did they pick it up? I believe they do. I'm not sure of the specific schedule. I think it's somewhere on the city's website. Yeah, is it uh, once a month they'll pick up woody? woody yeah. yeah, woody collection. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure specifically where it is on the city's website. But, but they should go to this Oklahoma City. If you're in Oklahoma City, go to the Oklahoma City website. Yes, go yeah. to the city website. Yeah. Um, it's based on... I forgot what it's based on exactly. I want to say each different section, each different neighborhood has, has a different pickup. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Look into options for recycling. Right. The other thing you could do, um, and I have one of these, but it's not working right now, uh, is shred your own wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you could use, you could rent a shredder if you don't own one. Uh, they're kind of expensive to buy. Um, but if you, let's say you really, <laughs> think again, thank God we haven't had an ice storm. It doesn't look like we're going to, hopefully not. Still, um, well, the night is still early, but hopefully not. But um, if you did have a, a lot of wood, you can rent those shredders from mm-hmm. box stores or whatever you call mm-hmm. them, the, the, the big hardware stores, and you could rent them for not that expensive and shred everything and turn it into mulch. Oh, perfect. But also, you you know, you might consider, if you don't want to mess with all that, because we're talking about a lot of work, is looking into how you can recycle it in your community. So can you still do that with diseased wood? You know, that's a really good question, Lily. Um, it depends on what the disease is because a lot of times the spores can't ban- be maintained on real small chips of wood. Mm-hmm. And it's no big deal because the spores mm-hmm. just, they die from being mm-hmm. exposed to that air. There are some diseases that can be carried on wood, but it's very minimal and okay. uh, it's uh, only a few different situations. Okay. Um, so I'd be more... You know, if you don't, if you're de- if it wasn't a disease anyway, I wouldn't worry about it. If it was disease, call us and we'll try to help you figure out whether you can keep that wood or not. Okay. Uh, guys, got any thoughts? Um, I think my situation is is that I'll go in and prune something, and then I'll be like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, man. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is they pretty much bounce back. Uh, they do. Yeah. They do. But I've killed rose bushes like that. <laughs> yeah. Turned them a little too hard. Yeah. Oh, here's a good rule of thumb. I'm sorry. I should have did this. Is, is So a ru- this is the rule of thumb, and it's in this fact sheet. But So if you're looking at a tree, the canopy of a tree, you never want to remove it more than a third. Oh, okay. And then on a shrub, if you're looking at a shrub, it not in all cases, like I just told you, cut wisteria to gra- almost mm-hmm. to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but on most shrubs, when you're shaping them, you never want to r- remove more than a half to two-thirds. Okay. Yeah. So a third or a half is good. Mm-hmm. If you go a little bit beyond a half, it doesn't really, you know, two-thirds, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, just don't just stick with the half on okay. a shrub and 
and a third on a tree. Because what happens if you remove more than than that much wood, it's hard on it to recuperate. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so read the fact sheet, do your homework, um, and come visit with us next time. I'm Julia Laughlin. I'm the Oklahoma County Horticulture Educator here with my friends Lily and Andrew. And uh, catch us next time on the Urban Gardener Podcast.